pleased and honored to have Coach Zach Bolver. Here's where I want to start. Yeah. You've been in coaching. You've been like studying the game. And I, I found for me, it's kind of been like at times consuming, like obsessive. And I'm just interested how you, how you've been able sometimes just to d detach from it, you know, where you can kind of just put it on the side and then kind of let it, do, let us do it, do its thing. And then you focus on something else. Cause I think that's something for players and coaches. Yeah. We get caught up in this identity that this is who we are and it can be very tough sometimes just to kind of let go. Yeah. And my girlfriend right now will be rolling her eyes at me talking about work-life balance. So um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ideally the, the, the ideal spokesperson for work-life balance and detachment, but I'll give it a shot certainly. And, uh, and then that's the thing is that we're all, we're all crazy. And anyone listening to this, uh, you know, they're crazy and they love coaching and they love, they have a desire to get better, but you know, you need to balance that and you need to find some way to, to detach and, and live your life. And I, I think, uh, you know, you can do that through a couple of things. I think you do that through routines and that building routines for yourself and building small pockets every day for you to step away from, uh, for, for you to step away from, um, your, your job. And, uh, how I do that is through, uh, you know, frankly, through, you know, I do it many different ways to do it through reading. And, uh, I, you know, I have a, um, I have a goal every day to read 30 minutes at least every single day. And, uh, I, um, one thing that's helped me is, uh, I've thought, I, I, I truly believe in the idea of, um, you are who, what you do every day and that you change your life, uh, not through, um, not through grand uh, statements, you change them through daily habits. And so uh, the last inspired by a friend of mine for the last two years, I've, uh, I've chosen an activity and, and made a pledge to do them every single day. So uh, um, in 2019, it was, uh, I wanted to work out every single day. So I worked out for 365 days. And then uh, 2020 was, I added uh, reading 30 minutes every day. And so, uh, you know, those are two things that are build that build into my day, and they my day starts with those two things. Not necessarily starts time wise, but it start, it structures my day. My day is surrounded by that. So um, I think you can find attachment. You can find mindfulness through routines, and you you know I also think you find detachment and mindfulness through people. And and, um, and so my my uh, girlfriend, my living girlfriend, is a big part of that. Um, and, and my relationship with her, my, the conversations and the, the depths that those conversations get, but also, um, this is gonna sound a little funny, but my, my dog as well in that, um, so that's not necessarily a person, but, uh, anyone that's followed, uh, pig and pops, Twitter account uh, will recognize Wrigley from the tail end of the videos when I cut to him, when he's watching film with me. But, um, frankly, um, those are things that allow me to step away and allowed me to find, uh, to, you know, just to get away from coaching, get away from this constant, um, this constant um, need to improve and this need to be immersed in the coaching world. And uh, Brene Brown, I really like what she talks about. She talks about the enough paradox of, um, and I might be butchering that a little bit, but frankly, she talks, oh, scarcity complex is what she talks about. But uh, the idea that there's never enough in our society. And, and part, part of that has to do with this, man. Part of that has to do with this cell phone and, and that we always think there's always more information out there to be had, but sometimes you need to step back and just say enough. And, and I think I'm not necessarily, like I said, I don't know if I should be the person speaking to that, but there are a couple of things that I, I've gotten better at as I've gone, as I've, as I've worked, to, you know, as I've worked to get better, to improve.
Yeah, that's that's the money coach. I, I think the one thing that that's so interesting about all this information, like how do you how do you build like how do you get retention? You know, with all the information that you share and study, because I think that's again that's something yeah. that I struggle with, man. Like yeah. I go back and forth either watching video, um, reading books. That's a tough deal. Yeah, no, it is. And a couple of things, two things come to mind for me is I think you'll constantly need to relate it back to your path and your race and your program. Uh, how does this relate to Army basketball? How does this relate to Zach Bovert and who I am as a, as a person? Um, and I think that's an important thing is constantly ask yourself, how does this, how does this relate to, to myself or my program? The second thing is um, to try to, as often as possible, think things through first principle thinking about um, what is the base core of what I'm trying to take in and, and, and how does that, how do, what, you know, what is at the core of all that? Why does that work? Why does that set play work? Why did, why do I like that drill? What is that drill working on? Um, and trying to relate to what you think um, coaching should look like, what you think offensive basketball should look like, defensive basketball should look like at the very core parts of it. Um, so for me, and you know, I, I've through years, I've been able to develop kind of how I view winning basketball and, and offense basketball in that I'm not saying even that's necessarily right, just how my mind thinks. And so constantly I'm trying to think and, and look at things through the lens of those very core principles of, of spacing, of pace and, and passing and, and, you know, and movement, uh, um, you know, so constantly trying to, think things through those prisms and through that lens. And if I could recommend something to, you know, um, and now the Kindle is a lot better than the hardcover book because the hardcover book was way too expensive. I'm fortunate I was early on it. Um, Farnham Street wrote a, a great book called The Great Mental Models. And, and I really recommend people, um, if, they're, if that idea of first principle thinking intrigues them at all, to uh, read that book. Again, that's called The Great Mental Models by Shane Parrish as a uh, part of his uh, Farnham street uh, website. Yeah. I was talking to Ross McMains yesterday and we were, well, having books in our house, like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do when I move. Yeah, Cause yeah. I just have like a huge bookcase yeah. of books. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got to do the Kindle, man. That's, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and I'm not Kindle at all. I'm, I'm, I'm hardcover <laughs> and, uh, I blame it on my dad. My dad instilled that in me and, uh, my girlfriend complains about how many we get to the, how many we have in the house. And then she comes to the office and be like, oh my God, it's a problem here too. So it's everywhere. And it's a heck, it gets in your car too. But uh, man, there's so much, uh, there's so much wisdom out there to be found with books. So uh, if you don't know the answer, this it's probably lying somewhere in a book. You just got to figure out which one to look, to look at. Hmm. Just generally, what do you think about mindfulness from like a coaching standpoint, like either, I know, I know you've said some things about routines in your own life, yeah. but even just from like working with your players, like, are there any things that you've started to kind of dive into or think about um, for how maybe you can adapt, um, how you can really help the players, et cetera? You know, it, it's an area that frankly, I want to know more about. And with some of this, with some of this mental side, um, there's been a part of me that's always been a little bit um, fearful of trying to engage in areas that I'm not an expert at and that I, I maybe I'm not qualified to answer, but I, I do think there are some things that we know intuitively that work that I, I can 
I can share a practice with, with players or I can just get them thinking about um, how they think, the metacognition, thinking about thinking. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it starts with getting guys to be present and getting guys to understand um, that when they cross onto that court, they're not bringing things from outside the court to, you know, and that they are there and they're fully there. And that's, that's a lot, that's hard to do. And it's not easy. And it's frankly, it's not something that by any means I'm an expert at. It's something I'm working to get better at, but I think it starts there about being present and being mindful in, in letting things go that maybe, uh, that maybe had occurred prior in the day or coming later in that day. It starts with being there and being there in the gym. And um, one way I do that, and I, like I said, a lot of this comes intuitively is I, I, I have a great passion for the game. And um, I, I think a great way to do that, I think a great way to teach mindfulness and to teach um, being present is how I do that. And this is, you know, in part of who I am is when I'm out on the court, I, I truthfully th- don't think there's a better place in the world to be than in that gym. And, and I try to express that to the guys that like, do you understand how freaking cool it is that we get to play division, you know, you get to play division one basketball, I get to coach division one basketball that like, I don't have another job. This is what I do for a living. And they're like, they're paying me for this stuff, man. Like, it's awesome. Like, Hey, you're not paying for college. You're getting an education. You're going to travel and play against Duke and Florida. And, you know, you know, do you understand how cool that is? And, and I try to highlight that for our guys. And a part of how I do that is just the passion which I operate. Um, and I want, I don't want them to lose sight of that. Yeah, I think expressing gratitude is the money. Like, that's, that's it. Like, I always find myself, if I ever, for whatever reason, if I'm off-centered and I need to catch myself again, I just go back to gratitude and yeah. I get grounded and I'm, I'm good. Where did that come from for you? Like you said, that was just something that that just happened or was that something maybe your family valued or where did that start? Um, that, that, that's a great question. I think it started, um, so my passion um, comes from my parents um, in that they encouraged me to chase my passion and and then my passion for basketball comes from the great coaches I had growing up. And I, I really think for – maybe some have heard me say this, but I think any, any coach, I think that desired coach was instilled in them by a coach of theirs and that they felt the impact a coach can have on you. And as you grow older, you're saying to yourself, hey, that'd be really cool to have that impact on someone else. Um, now – the act of gratitude is an important one. It's something that I've, I think that's not necessarily as um, instinctual um, that I think you need to find ways to intentionally do that and do that every day. Um, and that's through just things I've um, that's through books I've read. And I think um, if you want to be grateful, you need to have acts of gratitude. Um, you need to, you know, intentionally um, observe gratitude. And so, um, I just think that's things I've picked up along the way. And I've understood that I, you know, if you, your default response isn't always to express gratitude and that you need to intentionally remind yourself to do those things every day. And you're, you're, you're so right with it, that, it, you know, gratitude is the core of it. And, uh, 
because you know and i think maybe at the maybe one step below that is being um being purposeful and intentional and mindful and then you know being uh being um intentional about establishing that gratitude and 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 expressing that every day is is the next step yeah what's what's your purpose now as a coach fantastic question and and i i actually have thought at times i want to create a mission statement i'd be lying if i have this ready-made mission statement ready to go but i i love being a part of a team um and i'll kind of back this up and i think sometimes coaches will like i love being a part of a team and i love the ability the relationship i have with my players and i understand the role that coaching has in that and that my ability to provide instruction and to provide my my teaching and my knowledge in basketball allows me to build these strong relationships with uh with players um but i also think sometimes like and i love the relationship i have with my coaches and my and the rest of my staff and it's funny sometimes i'll hear coaches talk about the relationship with players and like but also i love the relationship i have with coaches i I love like i love um losing a tough game and the next morning you know i walk in the office and one of my coworkers is in there and without prompt i can say dang it, did you see that? You know, did you see that slip play we had? I thought we had, and I love that he knows exactly what I'm talking about and that someone was there striving with me eight hours before at one o'clock in the morning watching that, trying to get better, trying to steal a point or two. So um, what's my purpose as a coach? My purpose as a coach is um, basketball gives me the context to build these lifelong relationships um, with my players and my coworkers that will last for eternity and the, the legacy will be built for years and years and will give us a platform to communicate and be in each other's weddings and um, to be a char- part of each other's lives for decades after. So, um, you know, that, that's kind of, that's kind of where my purpose stands as a coach and my, where my mission statement is. Yeah. And I want to just backtrack for a second, cause yeah. I want to touch back on this. Yeah. I'm so fascinated about teaching people how to, how to get maybe a little bit more present. And you kind of touched on it with, with the athletes. Is there any specific strategies that you guys have been using or you personally have used with the athletes? Um, I was reading um, Sacred Hoops with Phil Jackson, and I'm sure you know some of his, his background, like, like everybody. But he was talking about taking the players through almost like a meditation before um, film to prepare their minds for the information. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. So have you been doing anything like that or? Yeah, no, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not nearly, and it's maybe it's an area that as coaches, like you said, that we need to spend more time thinking about. Yeah. Um, I, I, I haven't done it necessarily in that, but I'm just trying to find things that I think might relate a, slightly to it. Um, yeah. One thing I spend a lot of time talking to our players about is um, their strengths. And I spend a lot of time talking to them about trying to embrace what they're good at. I think a lot of players, and this way, this is, John, this is drifting towards mindfulness, but this also drift towards player development. But maybe, maybe I think this relates to what you're saying. Um, yeah. Because frankly, I feel a little bit inadequate that I, I haven't done to the things, the level of trying to teach mindfulness to my players. But I, I think there are ways in which we can do it that maybe if it's not necessarily mindfulness, but I think it's getting them to a higher, uh, for lack of a better term, spiritual level. 
but uh, one thing I so one thing I spend a lot of time talking about is I spend a lot of time talking to our players about their strengths and what they're good at, and I spend a, time, a lot of time talking with them about soaring with their strengths, uh, playing to the strength zone, um, being great at what they're good at, and just understanding that rather I think a lot of players' careers have been lost in trying to become this career great, this complete player. When it's like, hey man, what do you do really well? And let's talk about those things a ton. Let's work on those things a ton. And let's try to do those things as often as we can in the game. Um, so I feel a little bit remiss to admit that I haven't done necessarily the spiritual, the, the mindful um, training necessarily yeah, with yeah. my players. But I do think that, you know, that's a peace of mind that I think might have brought clarity of purpose to our players that might benefit them. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. That's so on point coach about having an awareness for what your strengths are. Yeah. Like there's so many players I've talked to, not just with our program, um, but with players in camps, like kids on the come up, man. It's like, dude, what is it? What's your strengths? What do you do? Well, and and John, this might be, you know, again, this might be, uh, this might be a too technical of a thing, but I think another thing with mindfulness is I try as often as I can with my coaching to teach players what to look at and what to read. And um, I try to get them to the point of this is what you're looking at and an either or decision. Uh, Brad Stevens once, uh, once said that offense basketball comes down to either or um, try to get your guys to the point where they're looking. What if the defense says this, I do that. If the defense says that I do this. And I try as often as I can to minimize, again, going back to first principle thinking, to minimize, to hone in on what a player should be looking at, what what he should be observing, and make his reads based on that. And that's try try to bring clarity of all this movement, this 10-man movement in the game, and the coach is barking over here. What is your focus? Where should your focus be? I think lots of times early on basketball or young players, I saw this from Sefu Bernard, um, basketball players are, uh, are basketball illiterate. So you need to teach them how to read. And by teaching them how to read, the first thing you need to do is teach them what to look at. And uh, I try to, I try to focus that. So um, in pick and roll basketball, it's looking at the roll man, what happens to the roll man. Um, and that tells you where to go with the basketball and transition. Um, you know, on penetration, uh, seeing the court outside in and seeing those help defenders and where they're coming from. And, um, you know, when on my drives to the rim, uh, reading where, uh, reading, having spatial awareness of, you know, if I draw help, I'm transferring that advantage to a teammate. Um, on closeouts, having the spatial awareness of, I don't need to be, I should have an idea of what kind of closeout this is going to be related to a lot of what Chris Oliver says. Uh, with his basketball immersion website. So a lot of it has to do with teaching guys what to read and what to look at and make their decisions predicated on that and not be consumed with all this movement around, but Hey, what can, what can we focus at on? What should we be reading? Yeah. I got one more question for you, coach, and you can really take this wherever you want to take it. Um, Whether it be player development, whether it be like your own personal journey, um, I think a lot of times, and, and you've kind of touched on this, is, is we get caught up in all the clutter. Yeah. And sometimes we have to realign ourselves with what's most important. What's the most important thing I need to be taking care of right now? Or what's the most important thing that I do well that I need to do today, you know, in, in regards to strengths and player development? So what's your take? Like just 
when you think about the most important thing, either as a coach or helping a player, what does that process look like? First thing is something I've stolen from Ross, who, you know, is just so good, man. When I talk to Ross, my, my mind is just enlightened. But one, as a coach, understanding that you're helping that player find the answer. You're not – and I think sometimes as coaches, we can get so wrapped up in negativity and it brings pressure on us that – if the player's doing something wrong, we're doing something wrong. No, we're here to help him. He's a vessel. We're trying to help him. We're trying to pour our knowledge into him. For coaches, we can't get too caught up in the minutia and the details. Um, we need to understand what drives winning. And as players, you need to understand what drives winning and how can you impact winning. If you can find ways to be thinking as a coach and players to understand your job and your role within that strive towards winning and get into be acutely aware of what drives winning. I think if you can have that approach and, and you can internalize that amongst the team, that's, that's what drives success. Money. Well, right on coach. Thanks for coming on. <laughs>